sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling. Joined again is my faithful co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, we missed you last week, man. How was your vacation? How was, I almost said the honeymoon, not the honeymoon, the anniversary. I hope y'all had a great time, man. The pictures looked gorgeous. Yeah, any day on the beach is a good day. Can only be bested by a good day at the racetrack. Um, luckily we had both that weekend. New Hampshire was fun to watch. Should have won that race. Pocono, not so much. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome trip. Uh, I wish I could say I'm glad to be back, but I wish I was still on the beach because that's where I'd rather be. Um, but, but happy to be back here with you. You did an awesome job last week, um, holding the fort down. That was a great episode. So props to you. I had, I had easily five or six instances where I had questions, and I'm like, I know Matt would know the answer to this question, and I'm just was, like sitting here dumbfounded. <laughs> yes, there was a period at work where I'm screaming at my AirPods the answer to what you're trying to get to, uh, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Oh, man. that's good. That's good. Uh, first off, kind of, I want to do something that's not TM5 Track Talk related, Matt. Congratulations on the wide receiver your Bucks just, fi- just signed. I want to get that out of the way. You know, I just saw that after football practice. Congratulations, yeah, Mr. Julio Jones, a Buckeye. Or yes, a Buc- sir. A Tampa Bay Buccaneer. A Buckeye. A Buckeye. Yes, uh, he, is, he is a Buccaneer. He was not a Buckeye. Uh, he was not a Buckeye. Well know, as you well know. Um, <laughs> he's been a thorn in my side for years on years from Alabama to um, Atlanta. So, yeah, no. Uh, you got him. Nice to, nice to have some more depth. Obviously, he's not the Julio that – he has been. Uh, he also doesn't need to be. He, the offense is not going to rely on him. Um, so he just he just needs to be there and catch the ball when it comes to him. I'll be interested, man. I got the uh, I got the Bucks tomorrow morning on our NFC South preview. So there you go. You'll you'll get a little I, preview. I'm glad I'm glad they made that signing today. So I'll be doing it yeah. tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'll be on the listen for that. If you need any advice, uh, I think you probably got it well covered. But I'm always down to talk some Bucks football. When I'm not I just want you to get mad after I say something. I want you to get mad at something I said, and you know, just have, right. a, have a rebuttal. <laughs> well, when your well, phone's ringing at six thirty in the morning, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, let's get to some uh, some racing talk this weekend. Uh, we're gonna Anything touch on a couple happened? couple big topics. Yeah, this was essentially the entire weekend was just one massive newsreel for all of motorsports. Really, F1, IndyCar, SRX, and the NASCAR series. Uh, literally every single series had massive massive news inside of it um the srx you know they had their their last uh uh their last race wildly entertaining i i, I love that series i'm glad you've gotten me into it uh and then, and then the f1 you know leclerc he wrecks again while leading man I, I just you know we'll get into it more later on in the podcast but what's going on with that like that that can't happen when you're battling for a championship and battling for a constructor's championship that that can't happen in f1 yeah, Ferrari gonna Ferrari. Uh, you know, you hate to see that. Like he was the dominant car. He was well on his way to winning. He he didn't even have to be pushing, uh, and he just he just overdid it. And I mean, it 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 
gives you a more of a respect for how easy it is to lose those cars because it you know he wasn't doing anything crazy he just overdrew he made one mistake and it cost him the whole race um but like you said we'll get into it yeah just <laughs> i think this may have been this is going to be a long episode bryce this may have been one of it the is. wildest weekends of motorsports that i can remember uh, and also, speaking of not really binning it, but crashing while you were leading, uh, that happened in the Indy race, the second Indy race, the 300 on Sunday. Uh, Joseph Newgarden looked like he was doing good. Something just broke. I mean, that's, that's motorsports. There's nothing you can do about that. It wasn't his fault. Something broke. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson looked pretty good running in the top five for quite a while in both of those races. Uh, both you know, that's races, obviously, yeah. Obviously his wheelhouse there with a noble track. Um, so good on here. And Matt, NASCAR. Uh, cheating, still alive and well in NASCAR. If you ain't cheating, <laughs> you, you ain't trying, say. I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Color me shocked. Somebody got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. I am just appalled. Joe Gibbs Racing should be ashamed of themselves. What kind of example are they setting? Here we <laughs> are, all trying to be honest and win races by the book out here, 100% legal, and they go and pull a stunt like this. And not only Joe Gibbs racing this weekend, but I just sent you a tweet that came out. This was about three or four hours ago while I was at football practice. Um, NASCAR also got some uh, dirt on front row motorsports for modifying a single source supply part. They uh, they also got sued, or not sued, but penalized for that. We'll, <laughs> they, got we'll, they got sued for that. Now, hell, they might get sued. Who knows? Uh, but we'll get more in depth into that as the podcast goes on. Matt, we want to touch on the SRX series first. Chase Elliott won his second superstar racing experience race in as many starts and snapped tony stewart's perfect record on dirt tracks saturday night at sharon speedway in hartford ohio i have no idea where the hell hartford ohio is uh there are a lot of small towns up there Ohio's a pretty big hotbed for racing it, though it is yep yep a lot of dirt tracks there a lot of dirt tracks and that's not to get off on too much of a tangent but i think people fail to realize how similar ohio and georgia are I mean, honestly, they're they're almost the exact same state, just in different parts of the country. It is the stuff that people like in Georgia, essentially the same stuff people like in Ohio. A couple major cities, yeah. that's it. Bunch of farmland. Yeah. Um, good dirt track racing, good short track racing up there. The victory was also the second season finale won by Elliott after just finishing ahead of Stewart at Nashville Fair, Fairgrounds last July. The SRX series is slowly becoming one of my favorite series to watch. Just because, you know, I know the drivers are taking it seriously out there, but it feels a lot looser and a lot. It's an exhibition. It's an exhibition race. It and is. It feels that show. way. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah. I think they deliver a fantastic show, fantastic event. And I'm sort of sad it's over, but I'm glad that it's such a short season. That way, the anticipation for all the races builds up more. So I, I'm sad it's over, but I'm excited uh, for next season. And I was I enjoyed every single minute that I watched this season. Yeah, really cool. Um, got to see guys like Bobby Labonte win this year. You know, that's something that reliving from my childhood isn't possible, wouldn't be possible without the SRX series. Um, so definitely a cool event. I'm glad we picked it up when we did. I wish we'd picked it up from the start. Next year we'll do that. Um, but but yeah, a great show, a great win. And how about um, uh, now I can't think of his name. What? Who won the championship that we just? Marco said? Andretti. Marco, Marco Andretti. Andretti. Yeah. So how about for those who didn't see, Marco Andretti got in a late race wreck and got his hand caught in the wheel, snapped his wrist like a twig, and uh, 
and he he probably should have come into the pits and sought medical attention but he was first in points there was only a couple laps left he basically drove his race car out of the groove out of the way uh slowly around the track just to maintain with one hand um while being in such excruciating pain he said he could see stars uh probably on the verge of passing out from pain uh, to bring it home and win the championship by two points over Ryan Newman. That, I mean, for those people that say race car drivers aren't athletes, I, 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 am, punch I, am, them in the face. I am ready to physically fight anybody that says that. This guy is in, can you imagine what, what would happen? What would LeBron James look like if he broke his wrist in a game? <laughs> if he snapped his wrist in a championship game? You think he stays on that court to finish the game? No, no way. He's he's been carried by seventeen people to the locker room, uh, and he's left the building before halftime. But well, well, when he got carried, he had an ouchy ankle. His yeah. ankle was a little ouchy. Yeah. Um, that was but, uh, that was amazing to hear. I didn't know that until you told me that story about about Marco Andretti. Because as soon as the SRX game, or as soon as the SRX SRX race was done, I flipped it off. We were doing something else Saturday. Oh, I was. I had a bunch of golf that I played this weekend. So I, yeah, Saturday night I was pooped, man. I was exhausted. Hey, so, so question about that: Were you? Were you, I heard Billy mention on the morning five that you were in Americas. Were you in Americas the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Thursday, Thursday through Sunday, I was down in Americas, Georgia, playing golf. I got yep. you. I'm. I spent a lot of my childhood in Americas. I I lived in Americas before I moved to Carrollton. I lived in Americas. So, no way. Yeah, yeah my yeah. dad and stepmom lived down. They've lived in Americas for. Uh, 30 years now i think my, yep. uh, my stepmom's taught oh, so there we yeah we would have lived there at the same time my what school does your mom or teach at um i forgot what school she taught at she was a special ed teacher at okay. i don't remember what school and then she went to the college there um gsw and she taught at yep. the college uh for a long long time and she actually just retired uh yesterday yesterday or today she retired okay. um but i forget what what elementary school she taught at for a long time but yeah see See if it was Sumter County, because I was at Sumter County Elementary. Okay, in I'll, text, I'll text her. Yeah. Uh, um, ironically, that's that's you know we all have our where where was I when nine uh, eleven? I was a fourth grade student at Sumter County Elementary. Oh. I watched that happen in one of those classrooms. So everybody remembers of, that. That's an everybody yep, remembers that. Yep, yep. Everybody knows where they were. I was at Sumter County Elementary in Americus, Georgia. Um, so yeah, uh, fun fact. Side tangent. That's pretty but cool. I wanted to ask you hey, about that. This podcast is full mentioned. of side tangents. Yeah. If, if no, if this it's, is the first podcast anybody has listened to in the TM Five Track Talk <laughs> series, we go on a bunch of different side tangents. And if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. It's our yeah, podcast. We'll go. Ours, we'll yeah. go on as many tangents as we want to. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, I didn't know this until you told me after I got back from uh, from America's. Just because as soon as the race was over, I flipped it off and zonked out. I was exhausted. So that's amazing, man. Broken, broken wrist, almost blacking out. I w- I'm assuming these SRX cars are not automatics. I'm assuming they're manuals. I Straight shift, I don't know. I know the NASCAR Cup Series are straight shift. Um, but still, I mean, trying to, you know, trying to maneuver the steering wheel and the shift. I, I don't know how he did it. That's amazing. That's simply amazing. Yeah, it, it was, it would not have been easy. Not a, not a task that I envy, um, but, but he got it done, so. So Andretti wins it by two points, and the SRX series is done until next year. We will look forward to it, and we will have all 
what is it eight races six races however many I think it it's is eight. I think it's eight. we will we will definitely pick all eight of those up next year we move on to a series that was over in france f1 uh, we touched on a little bit before we started with the XR- srx series charles leclerc man bends it again while leading i think this is the fourth time this year that he has crashed through his own fault nobody else's fault but his and he just bends it while leading and ferrari was insanely dominant that weekend if he hadn't have crashed he definitely would have won the race because ferrari was super dominant and we saw how dominant they were with carlos uh, carlos ortiz uh carlos signs um coming up from the back and making uh points out of a 20th position starting grid so I, I, this seems to be a horrible kind of reoccurring accident with charles leclerc when he's leading something that you don't expect out of a person that talented yeah i don't I struggle to put my finger on exactly what that is. I don't know if it's just the pressure getting to him. Like I said, he, he didn't look like he was pushing too hard. He wasn't being pressured for position by any means. He wasn't, um, I, mean, I mean, he was out there driving pretty comfortably and, and he just lost it. So it's it's really hard for me to, to pinpoint why this keeps happening. I know circumstances have been different every time, but the result is the same. And the, the result this time is that Ferrari lost almost a sure win um, when when wins don't come every day. Uh, we've got a really good fight between the Ferraris and the Red Bulls, and basically all we're looking for is the Red Bulls' reliability and the Ferrari, can they not crash themselves? Can they, Ferrari, can Driver they not themselves that well? And then their strategy. They threw away a podium to bring in, um, what, oh, I'm struggling Signs. with names. Carlos Sainz, thank you. Yeah. Names are not my strong point tonight. Um, <laughs> they, they, Carlos Sainz is in a wheel-to-wheel battle on track, and they come on the radio and call him into the pit lane. And he's like, I don't understand it. Not right now. I'm kind of busy. Like, it, you don't all have a TV. You're not watching this happen. Uh, but And then they, they eventually they bring him in and throw, throw away a podium for a fifth-place finish. But... I don't know, maybe they were trying to get the fastest lap award and they wanted to put them on new tires and separate, but like, I don't think it's worth a podium. I'm not exactly sure what they were doing. I'm I'm never sure what Ferrari's doing. Um, It's their MO, man. It is. It's the weird strategy MO that Ferrari week in and week out performs. It's so odd. They they are odd. That's the word, is odd. The the things they do uh, is just sometimes just you got to scratch your head and wonder who's running the ship and and where it's going Uh, (laughs) yeah is this ship going into port or is it going down like are we going to complete this journey i mean we would be remiss if we didn't say you know max was right there and and maybe he wasn't the fastest car but um he sure did make the most of it once he had the i mean he was uncontested from the point of inheriting the lead and it wasn't even close also Shout out to you, Bryce Sparling. On last week's podcast, I believe you might have predicted a uh, a double podium, gone out there on a limb, and that actually might have been a little bit of a limb, and predicted a double podium for Mercedes, and boy, did they deliver for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was off a little bit. I thought Lewis was going to win. I had Lewis, Max, you you had and George. Still. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I had the double podium, man. I, I just we we've, we've said this all year long. You cannot count out Mercedes. They're too big. They have too much money, and they're too good at what they do to not make adjustments on a car 
uh, midway through the season. And that's what they're doing. We're not even to the summer break. We have one more race before the summer break. They're not going to contend for the championship, and they're not going to contend for the constructors' championship. That's that's out of the that's that's gone unless yep. something yep. insane happens to to Red Bull and Ferrari, which I don't think I don't see happening. But they can come back and learn a lot of things for next year, and they could they can win races, they can win podiums, they can dominate this second half because of the adjustments that they have brought to this car, and the more uh, adjustments that they will bring over the summer break. So you, you can't count out Merck in these races now, and that's just one more thorn and Ferrari side, a Ferrari team that should be neck and neck with Red Bull, and they're not right now in points. I mean, Max now leads Leclerc by 63 points in the Drivers' Championship, and Red Bull leads Ferrari by 82 points in the Constructors' Championship. So, I mean, that's just that's one more. And, and Red Bull, honestly, as long as they finish ahead of Ferrari, that's all they care about. I mean, if it's, if it's Merck, Merck, Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, Obviously, Red Bull wants to win the race, but as long as they finish in front of Ferrari, they know the Mercs aren't going to be able to catch up with them. So it's it's an uphill battle for Ferrari for sure the rest of the year. Yeah. Are you, at this point in the season, are you willing to say that Max's championship lead is insurmountable? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, would, I would say I think I'm there too. With, with the car he has and the talent he has, I, I, I feel pretty confident right now that I can say he... He is the most talented driver on the circuit this year. Um, I think we've seen that week in and week out. He might not always be the fastest every single week, but I think he is the most talented. I think he gets probably the most out of. It's a really good car. Don't don't get me wrong. The Red Bull is a is a vastly is a vastly superior car to to everybody. But maybe the Ferraris. Ferraris are probably right there. But I think for stopping week in and week out is the is the most consistent best driver on the on the grid. And I just don't see him. I don't see him letting Leclerc get back 63 points, 64 points if he wants to win. Yeah. I, I would be completely shocked if that happened, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we're at to, getting late July, early August. We're getting to towards the twilight of some of these seasons going on. And then F1 usually develops a, uh, a clear path relatively quickly. They're usually the first one decided. I think... I'm getting, I'm there with Max. I think Max has got this. He's the easily championship favorite uh, down the stretch here. I'm getting there with Chase Elliott. Uh, I was before this weekend getting there with Chase Elliott as as the regular season champion. Now, that's what matters, right? Like stage yeah, wins? That's, yep. Um, so I, I think uh, Kyle Busch is still there. He can still catch Chase, I think. And, and I'm sorry, Danny Hamlin. Good driver. Hamlin or Bush, one of them. Anyways, um, he can still be caught, but I think I'm pretty comfortable. His string of one-two finishes is like four or five in a row, something. I think it's five in a row. He's a, a, on an, an absolute tear in NASCAR right now, and you just got to just stand back in awe and appreciate it because this kind of success, run of success doesn't happen. Um, but uh, I think I'm I'm pretty comfortable giving uh, Chase the, the regular season championship and then IndyCar – I'm still I, that one's too close to call right now. I'm not willing to go out Super there close. yet. Yeah. Super so. close. Speaking of IndyCar, man, they had a double this weekend in Iowa. I didn't realize how much I loved that track. Dude, I absolutely adore. Did you see the Iowa. fans? That that place was slammed. Yeah. And I know Straight they had to the gills, some man. Concerts going on. I think they had two concerts on Saturday, two concerts on Sunday. I mean, that 
that is how you market uh, a race. You make it an event. And I'm, it's not like the people of Iowa have anything else to do. <laughs> That's what I was about uh, to say. There's nothing else to do play, in Iowa. Play baseball in their cornfields. But uh, <laughs> gotta love corn, corn. Oh, no, I like a lot about corn. But, but they showed up for that, and that was it. Was an awesome two great races. Are we transitioning into into car? Or am I good? We are ahead indeed. Of us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 We're transitioning. Go for it. Yeah. So I mean, just it was cool to see. Uh, I know I was hot. Like an Iowa in July is excruciating. I know there, they, <laughs> like the amount of water consumed uh, is could probably fill an ocean. Um, but but props to the fans for showing up. I'll let I'll turn it back over to you, and you can kind of give a fill us in on on what exactly happened. But two fantastic races, and I'm ready to break them down. Well, before we get into the races for this week, Matt, I want to go back to last week and give you props for the Scott Dixon pick. <laughs> that I failed to mention last week on the podcast. Absolutely nailed it on the button. Scott Dixon, victorious last week. Uh, but this week, um, we have Joseph Newgarden, who I did pick to win one of the races this weekend. He won the High V 250 on Saturday and looked to be the favorite to win on Sunday. He dominated that Sunday yeah. race yeah. Uh, up until about, I think it was about 50 laps to go. You know, I mentioned earlier, something broke on that right rear. I don't know if it was suspension or something locking up. Uh, I don't really remember what happened, but something broke on that right rear, spun around in turn four, backed into the wall, and that was the end of the day for Joseph Newgarden, who had dominated that entire race, uh, really dominated that entire weekend, weekend handing yeah. the victory yeah, to Pato Award for the High V 300 on Sunday. So, I mean, you win one race if you're Joseph Newgarden, you got to feel good, I would think, about that. But, you, I mean, I don't know how much of a disappointment Sunday was because you dominated that entire race, and you were probably going to walk away with it had your card not failed. Yeah, I think at one point he had lapped up to, like, fifth place in that yes. race. Uh, yeah. It was just, I mean, he there was no contest. And, and it was still a good race. Like, it was still interesting. There was still battles all over the, the track. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was driving like a bat out of hell. Uh, look good all over dude he was taking his car three wide in the grave where you can't go (laughs) and making it stick and passing people like he was doing things with race car it's been a long time since i've seen jimmy johnson look like that in a race car uh that that was good that was good to see um but yeah back to your point um new garden absolutely dominated saturday was well on his way to winning sunday with something i guess broke on the car i i never got a clear indication of exactly what that was but also um worth mentioning that that i guess there were some medical concerns with him after the race uh if you didn't hear about that uh, oh he, no i didn't he was checked and released from the infield care center after the uh after the crash and then at some point after the race he was he'd already changed out of his uh race uniform was wearing like um just his his civilians his regular clothes uh, <laughs> and he he it sounds like and details are kind of sparse but it sounds like he passed out like while he was standing in the parking lot and smacked his head on the concrete when he went down and so oh, they no. yeah they actually airlifted him to the hospital and he i think he he re became conscious it wasn't like he stayed passed out but something happened there uh, and so now we're you have to mention concussions and we have to have that conversation 
um, which ironically enough will come up in our NASCAR talk too because we have concussions play a big role in the storyline on Sunday as well um, in the Cup Series. So, but yeah, uh, he's he's released. I've checked with my buddy from Penske. Uh, I didn't get a lot from him on the status of Newgarden other than uh, he seems to be okay. Okay, But uh, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Maybe maybe more to come on that front of that story yeah he is uh he is now back in his home in nashville but he is not cleared to race they do they do race this weekend and they have identified the failure on his car it was the right rear shock that went bad um yeah it just said it went bad that's the explanation oh it happens but but yeah uh, joseph newgarden yeah back home in nashville but yeah not cleared to race yet this weekend no i didn't hear about that um that sucks for him I i hope he's all right uh, and, and Jimmy Johnson, we mentioned him. He finished 11th in the first race, the high V details, uh, 250 on Saturday, and then got his career high, I believe, in IndyCar, finishing fifth on Sunday. So congrats to Jimmy Johnson. I think that is where he can excel at IndyCar is in these oval tracks. Now we move on to NASCAR in Pocono. Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Pocono is probably the most underrated track in NASCAR. I don't know if that's spans everybody but it is one of my favorite tracks and i feel like it is sleeped on all the time by a lot of nascar diehards i love the fact that pocono the banking the weird turns i mean you can go five wide it's so wide and on almost all of the straights it's one of the longest straights in all of nascar i love pocono and i loved every minute of all three of these races uh, and I didn't watch the Cup Series race until Monday afternoon, and Matt was texting yeah. me the entire time I was watching it, waiting for me to finish. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with the trucks. Chandler Smith earned his second NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory of the season, uh, taking the trophy in the CRC Brackland 150, the regular season finale at Pocono Raceway Saturday afternoon, while another Smith, Mr. Zane Smith, coolly collected his first regular season championship matt what do you get when you win the regular season championship now in nascar a trophy and some bonus points going into playoffs it does come with a trophy Trophy's pretty cool get a, uh, get i don't bonus, know what the bonus in check probably the driver i didn't i didn't get a bonus when oh Kevin that's Harvick ridiculous the come on really? regular season championship yeah we were regular season champions in 2020 we won eight races going into the playoff and then wow. no we run won seven going in the playoffs we won bristol and darlington in the playoffs won nine races that year um just wow, hard dang. um yeah we were the 2020 regular season champions got a cool looking trophy to put on the bench at work and uh that was it and we were swiftly eliminated from the playoffs there shortly <laughs> after <laughs> they got the game seven mm. moment i guess oh yeah they sure <laughs> did uh, the 20-year-old Georgian led 49 of the 60 laps in the KBM's seventh win in the past eight Pocono races. The KBM trucks, if you got the money and you want to race in trucks, KBM trucks, it's the best you can get, man. You can't get much better or more consistent than the KBMs. Without a doubt. Shout out to Ryan Priest. He gave him hell, but didn't have enough there at the end. I got to figure out how much a, how much a ride costs in those KBM trucks. I got a piggy bank back here. You know, I got... I got about 30 bucks. I think, you know, that might cover some of it. Might be able to start the engine for that. No. <laughs> you may can sit uh, in it and take a picture for 30 bucks. 
if you if you get the right person. I'll just I'll hang my uh, my legs out the window too. I don't know if my legs will fit in there. I'll just kind of flop them out the driver's side window. Yeah. Uh, after adjusting the standings according to playoff positions, the ten drivers to advance to the upcoming seven race Camping World Truck Series playoff include in order of points. Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, defending series champion Ben Rhodes, Nemechek, Friesen, Ekis, Majeski, Hosovar, Grant Enfinger, and Crafton. Matt, do you have an early favorite on who you believe will come out as playoff champion? Uh, well, what I'm hoping for is probably like Matt Crafton. I, I want the least deserving person to be champion of every series. Uh, so whoever, it'll come down to game seven, of course. Whoever has won no races and the, has the worst average finish and the least amount of accumulated points from the year, that's who I want to win the championship in, in every series. I just want, I want to see the world burn with just pure chaos structure that we have. Like, I, I want it to make no sense because it, it's stupid. And I want, I just want, I want to see it all go down in flames. <laughs> I want the uh, guy who barely made the cut to win the championship. That would be Mr. Crafton, I believe. He did finish. Yep. He, he is go. last going into this, Mr. Crafton. 88. I'm going to go with Carson Hosovar. For some reason, oh. I have I, I have started to sort of gravitate towards Carson Hosovar and all of the series that he runs. Him or Ty Majeski. I'd like to see either one of those guys uh, win the truck series. I'd be pumped to see either one of those guys win. That'd be cool. Carson wrecked his car. <laughs> Carson wrecked a car? Uh, next, we got the Xfinity Series. 24-year-old Noah Gregson held off Ty Gibbs in the closing laps of the race at Pocono to capture the victory in what was some amazingly thrilling last few laps. I mean, I feel like the last 15 to 20 laps, they were literally side by side the entire lap of all 15 yep. to 20 laps. Yep. And kept it, it was clean. phenomenal, yeah. Clean racing, phenomenal hard racing. Uh, by two young guns in the sport who are going to go on to do bigger and better things. Very you soon. couldn't have asked. You, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Both probably. Let me, like, couple, spoiler, couple months. We'll drop a spoiler alert here. Yeah, I, I exactly what you just said. Both of these drivers will be in the Cup Series next year. Uh, I I can't. I don't know exactly where they're going. Um, sure, you don't. Ty, sure. Ty, Ty Gibbs is going to be in the 18. I. I I say that with all the confidence. No knowledge, but all the confidence in the world. Uh, and we'll we'll have a short segment specifically on that after we wrap up with uh, Cup Talk. But uh, oh. I, well, I just want to I just want to make my thoughts known. Like I, I've been lobbying all year. Everybody knows that I want Kyle Busch to come to SHR. Uh, I'm coming. Clearly, I'm getting that seat. I'm right. I'm getting yeah. to drive. Sorry. Clearly, those those rumors have heated up a little bit, and and I'll. I'll address them in any capacity that I can, um, but but I, I don't feel like we can't talk about it because I've been talking about it since March uh, that I wanted Kyle Busch <laughs> to come to SHR. Just because year. you want him to come to SHR doesn't mean he's actually coming to SHR. Correct. You know. Correct. But we're starting. Uh, I, there are things happening that are worth pointing out, and while I don't know anything for fact, uh, I one can start to put the the pieces of the puzzle together on their own so i'll i when we close this cup series segment i'll give you the pieces of the puzzle and you can do with it what you will um but yeah i'm a good puzzle piece these, put together 
Both or, these Xfinity drivers are going to be in the Cup Series next year. I would bet my house on it. Uh, Gregson finished 0.2 seconds ahead of Ty Gibbs. The last lap, the duo stayed within 0.3 seconds of each other for the entire final 15 laps. Matt, that is hard as hell to do. That's hard to do if you were doing 20 miles an hour around Pocono, much less the 160, 170, you know, 140, 150 that they were doing around Pocono and making turns. Uh, I, they did it for 15 laps and they did it clean. And it made for one of the best Xfinity races I think I've seen this year. Yeah, um, without a doubt. I think the Xfinity series overall is the best racing that we have at the moment. Um, and and these two guys are the, the absolute tip of the spear of that series. Um, and let's just enjoy it while we got it. I, ho- I want to see them dogfight all the way to the end. I hope the last, the closing laps at Phoenix for the championship look exactly like the closing laps at Pocono. And I think that's a realistic possibility. I think Phoenix is a pretty good racetrack, I, from what I remember. I think I like I like I like Phoenix pretty well. Uh, one of the one of the crazier things that happened in this race was Jeb Burton went upside down for a couple hundred feet on the front stretch, and I'm kind of glad he did because if you saw the way he wrecked, if he so it was on the front stretch coming off of turn three, and he had a choice to try to go left real quick and go down pit road or go right and try to squeeze in between a car in the pit road wall and if he would have tried to go left i don't think he would have made that turn i think he would have hit it would have hit those water barrels and that is just all sorts of bad can happen from that and even if he didn't hit those water barrels if he went hard left and swerved and lost control that then that's wrecking and crashing and losing control down pit road and you never want to see that i mean there's there's defenseless pit crew guys there um you know you don't want to see debris and stuff flying down there so the going upside down for Jeb Burton, I know probably wasn't a very fun experience, but luckily he made the right choice and it was the the safer choice of the two that he could have made uh, and got out and was all right. They flipped his car over and as soon as they flipped his car over, man, he couldn't get out of that thing fast enough and I don't blame him. I wouldn't yeah. want to be stuck in an upside down car either. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sucks that he can't get out of the car when it's upside down. Obviously, that's a safety thing. They don't want him unbuckling. Um but yeah, like you said, he made the safer decision of the two. I'm not sure it was a conscious decision. It might, I think it, at that point, is more reactionary than anything, but it was the correct one. Uh, unfortunately, he did not clear that car coming to the inside. He did get fl- pinched between the car and the wall and flipped on his lid. Um, but, but these cars are safe enough to, uh, the, you know, there was no question of, of whether or not he was okay or not. Uh, it was just... For sure. You don't want to see a car get hit while it's upside down, but everybody was able to avoid him, uh, and it kind of just slid to a stop on its lid. No harm done. A car is killed, but... um, It is uh, what it is. Better than a person. Yep. Yep. And I think that's one of the things that... I I don't know if NASCAR does or doesn't get enough recognition for this. I don't think they do because I don't hear it much. Maybe it's I'm not in the right circles. But I don't think NASCAR gets as much credit as they should for the safety that these cars have have now in the past 20 years um, really after Dale's death uh, the amount of safety that these cars have and the amount of safety these tracks have and the safety precautions and everything they have done a fantastic job of making the cars as safe as they possibly can and I feel like they're continuing to make strides in, in that I think it's something that wasn't a massive viewpoint for NASCAR in the early days and really even into the 90s it wasn't a 
wasn't really a huge thing. Um, and I think Dale's death, as tragic as it was, woke up a lot of NASCAR officials, fans, and people that take part in it. And they've really strided to make NASCAR safer, and they've succeeded in it. I mean, I don't have we had any NASCAR fatalities since Dale? Not in the three main series, not in the trucks, Xfinity, or Cup series. Because Petty's Petty's fatality was before Dale, right? I think. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah there yeah. were there was three fatalities within uh, like nine months of each other, uh, at, with Dale being the last. I. I want to say in the, some of the lower series, there I know in ARCA there has been, um, but but none, they're not prominent, and none in the Cup Series, and none in the Xfinity Series. I don't think the Truck Series, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, Can't think and, of any in the Truck Series. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and unfortunately, I, I know uh, ARCA for sure, but... Yeah. Um, Arca also was. It's worth mentioning that they're usually racing with older equipment, uh, so even the uh, the safety advancements after that take a couple of years to trickle down. Because Arca, that like, if you look right now, the Arca series or the Menards cars are driving. Thank you. I was wondering. I was wondering who the Arca yeah. series was. Yeah, I've never heard of them. So our followers know who we're talking about here. Uh, the Menards cars are all our old Cup bodies. Uh, and cup chassis they they get i mean we don't have any use for them we can't use them anymore so they get sold off pretty cheap and those guys do a good job of keeping the life in them and keeping them in service um but but yeah so safety features take a, a while to trickle down there um, but yeah cars are incredibly safe these days and and that can be spoken to highly enough good on nascar good on nascar all right, we move on to arguably the most dramatic of all the motorsports this weekend, the Cup Series. Uh, the race itself wasn't ter- terribly dramatic. It was a good race, uh, very competitive, very racy. We didn't have any weird gimmicky crap going on in the race to make it more exciting. It was a good stages. Yes, yeah, other than the stages Which we that can't are on do there. anything about. And uh, congratulations to Denny Hamlin for winning the Pocono race, but yeah, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't awarded the winner he won the race but he was not the race winner bryce can you tell me who has the trophy today oh uh, that would be mr denny hamlin still All i right. believe Den- yeah. denny hamlin won the race it's like when they took reggie bush's uh heisman away yeah. from him yeah this didn't happen this did it's yeah. like it's like going to disneyland and telling people ah, you didn't That's have fun. exactly what it's like it's like this <laughs> this school was in recruiting violations and we're taking away 13 wins from this season and this season and so like these didn't aren't recognized like are, are you kidding me no that we all you didn't saw actually it. win that no we all you saw didn't. it <laughs> uh so yeah, yeah so. Denny, Denny hamlin had the race taken away from him uh and ross chastain i believe um or not ross chastain who finished who was in second who was that why am i blanking Cal, on who Cal bush Kyle Busch. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, so Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, one, two, both had their race positions taken away from them because they had NASCAR found some illegal stuff on their car after doing the wrap pullback in the post-race inspection. Uh, it was the first time that it has happened since April 17th of 1960 at Wilson Speedway when Emmanuel Zervakis won the race but was disqualified afterwards because his car was found to have a larger than normal fuel cell 
Um, and, and we got a statement this morning uh, from Wally Brown, the director of competition for Joe Gibbs Racing. He said a single piece of clear tape was positioned over each of the lower corners of the front fascia of the cars Hamlin and Bush ahead of the left front and right front wheel openings on both cars. The added pieces were two inches wide and five and a half inches long with a thickness of 0.012 inches and installed under the wrap. Brown went on to say in a statement, this change in our build process was not properly vetted within our organization and we recognize it's against NASCAR rules. We apologize to everyone for the mistake and we have made changes to our process to ensure that it does not happen again. Matt, I can guarantee you that that minuscule piece of tape on the car definitely gave them an unfair advantage in the race and made their car go at least 10 miles an hour faster. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to clear my throat there before we break this down. All right. So I'm, I'm going to get real with our audience here. Real, real. This Give is, it to us. This is straight from the competition aspect of within the, the industry. Every team cheats. Every single car out there. Chase Elliott, your race winner, your golden boy. He cheated. No. He he has he has no idea what was illegal with that car. Not his job to know. Your job is to drive the race car. Uh, so all you people out there, Kyle Busch and Danny Hamlin are cheaters. Those guys have had no idea what was on the nose of their race car and it's not their job to know they don't need to know they don't want to know it's not their job to know uh, obviously you could both of their reactions when they found out i promise you you would if you could have seen that live um you would know that they didn't know because uh, neither of them were excited to hear that uh secondly i i have it on pretty good authority that a piece of tape was not the issue. Um, what, so what we used to do back in the day, and this was legal at one point, um, the noses of the car, obviously the sides of the car were steel body, and the noses of the car were this the same carbon fiber and resin and uh, kind of plasticky material that that we still have today. The whole car is made out of it now. Uh, the steel is gone. Um, so what we used to do is take Bondo and smooth out all the seams so that the car is seamless all the way, smooth all the way around. It was a totally legal thing you could do, but somebody realized one day that you could add a little Bondo here and a little Bondo there and just barely change the shape of the car, but the airflow around the nose changes. That ignited Bondo Wars where everybody was doing, <laughs> there were people, I mean, I've seen... I've seen people sand on the nose, put mud and Bondo on the front of these cars for hours and sand for hours, trying to get thousandths of an inch and then remeasuring and adding more and re-sanding until it was absolutely perfect, trying to hit these arrow numbers that they were looking for that they could get away with. And then, so obviously NASCAR knew this was happening. They didn't like it. They told us when we switched to this Gen 7 car, no more Bondo anywhere on the car. The seams are what they are. That all the car is made to bolt together. It should all fit. So you don't need to Bondo anything. You you don't get to fill any seams. 
we better never find Bondo on your car. You don't get to repair damage with Bondo. You ha- we have to send our parts off when they're damaged to be repaired by the manufacturer. I didn't know that. Back. Wow. Yes, we cannot repair our own cars. Uh, that would that would require us putting Bondo. Like, how do I, you fix a hole? You put Bondo in it. You sand it down, and it's smooth again. Can you use um, duct tape? Is that the same? Uh, can you, you can you use duct tape? Yeah, well, ask Joe Gibbs. They used tape, right? That was their issue. <laughs> we think that was, that was um, probably duct tape, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have it on pretty good authority uh, from people that were there that they pulled the wrap on the nose of one of the cars and there was Bondo on it. And so they went immediately to the other car, pulled the wrap in the same spot. And what did they find? Not tape. Uh, no, so, they said tape. Uh, Wally... I, Wally Stevenberg or whatever his name I, was. He said it was just tape. I really, I, the audacity of, of Joe Gibbs racing to release the statement publicly. W- Wally Brown. Knows, I know people him. that don't know will, will just accept that as a, as a, they made an honest mistake that it wasn't vetted. Uh, I can promise it was vetted. It was put, passed through multiple channels and approved all the way up to a certain level. Director of competition would have had to have known this was going on. Uh, and approved it, and and look, Joe Gibbs Racing got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They, I, I, I'm not mad. Like I don't care. I don't care that they. Every team does this. It's just what you can get away with and what you can't, and what you get caught with. Uh, me, Stuart Haas Racing has been caught with their hand in the cookie jar since I've been there on more than one occasion. We had Spoiler Gate a couple years ago. That was a really really big one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we were we were, doing were you the guys manipulating stuff? the windshield wipers on all the all the races? Was no, that y'all? That's kind of come up with its own thing. Currently, that's still legal. Hopefully, NASCAR puts an end to that too, um, so we don't have giant spoilers on our windshields anymore. Um, <laughs> and before that, the first year I was there, like okay, so the first week I was at Stuart Haas Racing, uh, we won the race in Atlanta with Kevin Harvick, 2018. That was my first week in nascar in the cup series uh with the team and we won the race at my home track big deal very excited go out there the next week win las vegas i've worked in nascar for two weeks and i've won two races perfect record reddit some internet detectives on reddit uh caught our windshield our rear windshield uh kind of caved in on the back stretch of las vegas under pressure it would basically collapse what we did was we built a collapsible window brace that would when the air pushed i mean you think we're a bunch of dumb rednecks we had this thing engineered well doesn't, where, doesn't mean you're not you know you can't engineer some stuff just because you're a redneck what we had done is built collapsible windshield braces that when the air would pack down on the back window on the straightaway it would push it down and it would create it would push more air away from the spoiler by creating a bubble essentially on top of the car so i mean it, it made our cars go faster and the internet caught it. NASCAR didn't catch it. The internet caught it. And Damn it was internet! All, it was all over Reddit the next morning, uh, and and we had a a meeting with NASCAR. But so what I'm saying is, every team is out there cheating. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss. Chad Knauss was famous for it. Uh, it goes all the way back to the beginning days of NASCAR. It's just an accepted part of the sport. You try to get away with what you can get away with. There's no rats in the garage because we all know we're all doing it. You don't tell on somebody else because you don't want somebody to tell on you. It all comes around. It's kind of like mutually assured destruction. 
when you've got dirt <laughs> on you've got dirt on everybody, but everybody's got dirt on you. So we all just agree that as long as mom and dad don't find out, <laughs> none of us will say anything. Uh, well, this weekend, mom and dad caught Joe Gibbs racing with their hand in the cookie jar, and and they they paid the price for it. They lost their win. So it, it is what it is. It's not a. God, I hate Will Smith. He's the um, worst, dude. dude Three run every, shot. Two run uh, shot. Like we're still gonna win this game, but are you freaking kidding me? It's terrible. Anyways, <clears throat> so back to NASCAR. It's like a NAS, you know, NASCAR cheating, quote unquote. It just reminds me of like uh, high school or uh, college recruiting. It's exactly that. Yep. You know, just everybody. You knew, you know, everybody cheats. You know, everybody cheats yep. in college. Now it's legal, mm-hmm. so they don't have to hide it. But you knew everybody back in the day was cheating college recruiting. And it was just one of those unknown things. And when people got caught, hey, you got caught, served your time, whatever. You did it. Everybody else does it. We know everybody else does it. Uh, it is what it is. You, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And yeah. I don't know. I think that brings NASCAR back to its back to its roots. You know, trying to get one over on the competition, trying to do little stuff here and there to gain an edge. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan. I think I've mentioned for it. Uh, I've mentioned him before on this podcast. Smokey Eunuch. Uh, way back in the day, he was he was a big innovator in NASCAR. And a lot of things that he did was seen as cheating back in the day because it was so uh, it was so new and he was such an innovative person that a lot of the stuff he did wasn't regulated yet. And they found what he did and they outlawed it and they said he was cheating. Um, so I mean, you know, that's sometimes when you're you're cheating. Was that another home run? No, it's the previous uh, one. Uh, so sometimes yeah. when you're when you're cheating, you know, maybe you're just trying to find a different way to do something. You know, maybe outside the rules, skirting the rules a little bit. I don't mind it. You know, it, it is it is what it is. As long as people aren't throwing races on purpose for for betting purposes, you know, I'm I'm fine with a little cheating. That's that's about the only only extent where I would start to have an issue with it. it otherwise, it's just it's part of the game. It is what it is. Um, congratulations to to Chase Elliott for keeping his streak alive. Also, I want to give props to Chase Elliott. Something I don't do very much, certainly not out loud. I know you're a big. We, we know you're a big Chase Elliott fan. We know, yeah, huge. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the he did. They were asking him. He had to do all his post race media stuff on Monday via Skype because he's at home in Georgia, uh, not, not at the race. Georgia. Um, and they asked him, you know, how do you go about getting the trophy from Denny? And and he he pretty he. He pretty classily, class, class, classily, class, classily, nice. Gave a pretty classy answer. That, uh, <laughs> we went to, we went to public thing. school. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Central High School. Um, <laughs> he, he, his answer was basically, "I'm not. Uh, I didn't cross the finish line first. You know, obviously, I'm not going to not take the points, but I, I didn't. I don't feel like I earned." that trophy i didn't win the race um and and so if he wants to keep the trophy he's more you know he's more i'm not gonna ask him for it and he, he is not the race winner but he correct. did win the race he he has scored the, the race he has scored yeah. the race winning points they used the jedi that. mind trick on denny hamlin and they said you did not win the race and i, I, mean, I guess the it. history the history books are going to say that chase elliott won that race it right next to it it'll say laps led zero so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome so, um, led none yeah uh but but that was a pretty classy answer by chase i think that you know he he recognized that 
he he didn't win that race. It, <laughs> he got beat by an illegal car. Doesn't matter. His car was illegal too. So was the car behind him. Um, <laughs> Everybody's car is illegal. To yeah, hell with it. It is. It is. It is. At NASCAR. If you took every car to the R and D center after the race and broke every one of them down to the nuts and bolts, you would find something illegal on every single one of the cars. And if you're not, if you don't think that's the truth, I'm sorry. You're just, you know, go read they some did more internet both, conspiracies. They did that with both of the Joe Gibbs racing cars. They took, I, oh yeah, I know they took Hamlin and Bush's car to the, I don't know, the breakdown center, whatever the, the hell it R, is, R and D center in Concord. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. Have you heard if they are done with the investigation of breaking those cars down, or is it ongoing? Is that, is that like something that's going to take like a few days for them to do? No, it, it usually happens on Monday. Typically, the teams will have the cars back by Tuesday. I don't know that that's what happens, but uh, taking cars and then they, so they used to take the top three and a randomly selected car. And okay. I'll be I'll be damned if we weren't the randomly selected car all the time. Every time, <laughs> uh, Stuart Haas. We, we were the most <laughs> randomly randomly selected car. Um, this is starting but, to feel not random here, guys. Yeah. Uh, but you, you got know, a five-run lead and you can't close out the game. Dude, God, Will I Smith sucks. So Jesus, he's awful. He's Luke Jackson from two years he, ago when Luke Jackson was bad. Yeah, I he's wish so he wasn't from Noonan, Georgia, because I'm supposed to like. Is he really? Like a home? Yeah, he's from Noonan. I didn't know uh, that. Hey, he's a hometown kid playing for his hometown team, and he sucks. Yeah, and I hate he him. Can, he can go back to Noonan. We have we have a couple more. We have the Gwinnett Stripers and the Rome Braves. He can go play for and be a hometown kid. Go play for them. Uh, so yeah, they took those back to the R and D center. Um, no news on that yet. Also, a tweet that just came down a couple hours before we started this podcast, Matt. Uh, NASCAR issues deduction of a hundred owner points and a hundred driver points and ten NASCAR playoff points to the number thirty-four front row motorsports team for modifying a single source supplied part. Crew chief Blake Harris has been fined a hundred thousand dollars and suspended for the next four races. So this is different, okay? This is not this is not the same. This most likely, if I had to guess, I have no knowledge of the situation. Obviously it just came out and NASCAR hasn't released any details because they don't want us to know what they were messing with because they don't want anybody else messing with it. A single source a single source supplied part is a part that we have to get from a manufacturer that we cannot alter in any way. That is the nose of the car, the tail of the car, side panels of the car, uh, parts of the chassis of the car. All these come, like like I, we said, talked about earlier in the year, we could go to Walmart and buy all the pieces to a car and put it together like Legos in your garage. That's essentially what this is. Now, Bondo on the nose could be um, considered uh, the the um, tampering with a single source part. They did something they weren't allowed to do to a part that is supplied. Uh, here, where it differentiates, though, is that I don't think Front Row Motorsports is doing this looking for a competitive advantage. Uh, they're a much much lower down the the food chain team, and uh, they don't they they. It's not like them messing with the spoiler angle uh, or doing that is going to get them to victory lane. It's not. So the, for this, 
for what they are doing, it wouldn't have been worth the risk. Most likely this was they tried to repair something in-house and NASCAR caught it. And unfortunately, it's treated the same way. Yeah, it, yeah. I, and unfortunately, it has to be. And it does. There, As much as it sucks, it has to be treated the same way because the rules say you are supplied this part, you can't fix it. You have to send it out and be billed for it. And obviously, they thought, I, again, I have no knowledge. They could have been, you know, they, they could very well have been, uh, get because maybe they thought we're so far down here, NASCAR will never figure out what we're doing and we can do whatever we want. So I don't know this, but my suspicion when hearing that it's front row motorsports uh, is that they were, it was probably a, uh, an attempt at a repair of part of a car and uh unfortunately that made it illegal and they were trying to save money probably by not having to send it out and get it repaired um but it it bit them this time and the quote from nascar after this they they apparently Mm -hmm. released a bit more of a stringent uh penalty structure for the 2022 cup series season in january uh, introducing yes. a list of deterrences, options on a three-tiered system from L1 to L3. This was an L2 infraction, so middle of the road. They said, to make sure that all of those things stay above board, there's going to have to be a culture shift from the way the teams and NASCAR, for that matter, have done business. NASCAR Senior Vice President of Competition Scott Miller said in January when announcing the new penalty structure. So this deterrence model has more meat in it more meaningful penalties but i think we all thought that it was time for what uh this was the introduction of a new car we thought this was a good time to introduce the new stringent penalty system with the new car i don't like it because i sort of think and i guess saying cheating is part of nascar it sounds bad but i don't know man i I'm, i'm kind of you know i was sort of born and raised in the 90s NASCAR eras to where, like I said before, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. And, you know, I don't know, a, a more stringent penalty system. I'm, I'm not sure I'm in favor of that, and I'm not sure I enjoy that. Yeah, um, we've only seen it come up a couple of times. It, the first one to get busted was um, Roush earlier this year. They got they got hammered. Um, the sixth car with Keselowski. Basically, uh, I, that must have been an L1, whatever it was. I forget. Um, doesn't matter anymore. Oh, but we're talking it, it about was, lumbars here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, also, I don't know what determines what. That's all balls and strikes call on NASCAR's part. So it's not really clear. The difference between an L3 penalty and an L1 penalty is entirely a judgment call. Um, so Chase Elliott came away with the win after a massively traumatic weekend for the Cup Series. Uh, So what we learned this weekend is Bondo is still illegal. A piece of tape could possibly make your car win uh, and get a 1-2. And uh, and NASCAR has a more stringent uh, penalty list. And one of the things that kind of got overshadowed here is uh, Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin came together. And once again, Ross Chastain doing Ross Chastain things to where he, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's week in and week out. You can't deny that the kid is a talented driver he's he's a he's a he's a talented driver and he can go fast but he just lacks some of the nuance that i think you have to have to be a cup series driver and sort of leaving 
I don't know, leaving room and respecting the people you race with, maybe. I don't know if that's an unfair criticism of Ross Chastain, but I think he's talented. But, man, he, he just, he's not making any friends out there. Nope, he hasn't been all year. It's gotten worse. He's had time to correct this, and now it's time to reap what you sow. Uh, the entire garage hates him, has no respect for him. I think they appreciate his talent, but they're all willing to teach him this lesson the hard way. He drives like a bull in a china shop. No respect for any other car out there, including his teammate. And and the guys are tired of it. And Denny Hamlin especially is tired of it. And Denny Hamlin already is not... He's one... I don't want to call him a gatekeeper, but he's one of the the more experienced veterans in the garage who's not going to take... Like Hamlin, Harvick, Truex... Uh, guys like that, you they're not, you don't mess with them. Like, they have nothing to lose at this point in their career. Kurt Busch is another seniority, one like, yes, and, yeah. and a level of respect should be shown while racing around them to a degree. I mean, I'd say, you know, at, the, at some point, you got to do what you got to do, but uh, it, but oh, what is Snicker mad about? I don't know, I was wondering the same thing. He's fussing at one of the brave staff for something. I don't know. I'll have to listen to the to the post game uh, thing here. It in a looks like while. they've got security all out around the dugout. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, he was fussing at one of the Brave staff. It looked like I don't know who that guy was, but it was a guy in a like a Braves polo. I don't know what's going on, but he's he's upset about something. All it's Philly. Right, really, one of the fans. One of the fans the, is probably yeah, being. A, I'm, you know what? I got into it with a fan or something. I don't know. But, maybe that was weird. Um, it was weird. It caught my attention too. So, uh, anyways. What was I saying? Uh, Ross Chastain not making any oh, friends yeah. in the paddock. Yeah, no, garage. he's not gonna he's not gonna get cut any breaks all the rest of the year. I'll keep this brief. Uh, we can sort of wrap it up. We're getting a bit long winded. Uh, <laughs> Denny didn't do anything wrong. It sucks because my car got taken out in that inadvertently. There was nothing we could have done in that situation. Um, but you know what? It, it is what it is. That's racing, and it happens. And it's like Denny Hamlin said in his post-race interview. What did you expect me to do? Just uh, he, <laughs> he ran him high. Let him do off, what he wanted to do. Yeah, he ran him high off the corner, so he could. So he knew that Ross would have to either check up and give him the position or crash. And he probably knew which of those two was going to happen. And Ross Ross crashed as as Ross does, whether it be himself. Ross or doing Ross else. things. Yeah. Uh, just refuses to lift out of the gas pedal and save his race. Uh, comes back, <laughs> breaks the the other rule of when you're stuck in the fence, you stay in the freaking fence uh, and, and let ruin somebody else's by. race. What you don't do is jerk it out of the fence, overcorrect, come back down and across the track and collect another car. So what is almost Ross nailed? Do? Almost nailed my Kevin Harvick pick there, Kevin Harvick. Yeah. What is Ross do? He he jerks it back across the track in an attempt to salvage who knows what because his car is killed <laughs> and tech kills my car in the process that that had a good maybe, race yeah after afterwards maybe could have won the race um it turns out because the run that harvick had down that straightaway he was he was going to be contending with kyle bush for second place before the tunnel turn so it sucks that that it took my car out but you know what ross has more of that coming uh, if you're a ross chastain fan and think this is over. Denny got us back. Boy, are you in for a long night. 
because it ain't over. Chief. It ain't over. It ain't started yet. Denny, Denny didn't even get him there. Denny's going to get it, and he didn't even get him. He just outsmarted him there. So this weekend we have all three of our motorsports in action. Let's gonna we're gonna kick it off with Formula One because something screwy with NASCAR and IndyCar, and I want to get your opinion on if I am looking at this correctly. Uh, uh, yeah, F- you are. Oh my God! Yes. Uh, F1 is in Hungary to wrap up the first half of the season. This is the last race before their summer break. We have FP1 and FP2 on Friday at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Then we have FP3 on Saturday at 7 a.m. Qualifying at 10 a.m. on Saturday and then the race at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Matt, who is your pick at Hungary? Let's go Leclerc. I want to say Verstappen. But let's say Leclerc. Let's okay. say that I'm gonna go for Stappen. Okay. All right. I'm gonna cool. I'm so gonna we'll, go for Stappen. Yeah. We'll have I think I think unless it's a uh, unless it's a course that has history with drivers or drivers have history there of doing good. I mean that's that's just you're almost I don't know. Uh, Verstappen's just so good right now. That car is yeah. just so good. Uh, I'm going for you're Stappen. Not, you're not wrong. Um, this weekend is uh yeah, this is the last it, this is the last race before the summer break. That's exactly what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. Yep. Yep, last race before the summer break. (laughs) And then then we come back from the summer break to my favorite favorite track in all of F1, uh, Spa. Uh, It's it's by far my favorite track. I love Spa. I I cannot wait for that race. Uh, This weekend, Matt, I mentioned before, I thought I was looking at this wrong. NASCAR and IndyCar are at the same track on the same weekend. Yes, sir. And that track is... That would be Indy, uh, the race part or the uh, the road course, IMS road course. Correct. It it threw me off because the Cup Series race is called the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard, and I was like, hold on, the Brickyard's not 200 miles, and I didn't think they raced the Brickyard anymore. Um, they do not. They are at the road course. Uh, so your uh, your track looks like this: the the Camping World Truck Series cars and the Menards cars are not at IMS Road Course. They are at Indianapolis Raceway Park. And I think that's like right next to IMS, right? It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, so on Friday, we have uh, the Camping World Truck at 10.30 a.m. for practice. And then the Menards cards at 12.30 for practice. Menards cars at 2.15 for qualifying. None of those are televised or on the radio. Xfinity on Friday at 3.05 for practice on USA. And then Xfinity at 3.35 for qualifying on the USA Network. Uh, the Camping World Truck Series qualifying is at 4.30 p.m. on FS1, and the Menards Cards race is at 6 p.m. on FS1, and then the Camping World Truck Series race is at 9 p.m. on FS1. Massive, massive motorsports day on Friday. You have the Xfinity Series, the Menards Cars, and the Camping World Truck Series. Then on Saturday, we get the first look at the Cup Series at the IMS Road Course this year, 9.35 a.m. That is early in the morning, practice round on USA Network uh, and then NASCAR, the Cup Series at 10.35 a.m. for qualifying on USA. The Xfinity Series, 3.30 p.m. for the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard. That is on NBC and you can also stream it live on the cock if you want to. Uh, And then the NASCAR Cup Series uh, on Sunday at 2.35 p.m. for the Verizon 200 at Brickyard. Matt, who are you going to pick this weekend? at the Brickyard that's not the Brickyard. Uh, all right, we'll start with Xfinity. Well, no, I don't care about Xfinity. I don't care if it wins. 
Um, <laughs> you said the trucks are at IRP. Yes, trucks uh, are at IRP. And this is a care. playoff race. Yeah, I uh, don't care. Uh, and so for the IndyCar series, all right, I'm going, I don't care. Not that I don't care. I'm different, I don't care. I don't care what I'm about to say. I'm being a complete homer this weekend. Uh, deal with it. It is what it is. It's my podcast, and I can pick who I want. Give me Scott McLaughlin in the IndyCar series, and give me Chase Briscoe in the NASCAR Cup series. Okay, okay, I like it. I am going to go with mm, in the IndyCar. So the IndyCar slate, uh, Friday at 9.30 a.m. practice, uh, one on the cock. Friday at 1 p.m. is qualies on the cock. And then Saturday at 8.15 a.m. is a little warm-up session uh, that is also on the cock. That's a 30-minute warm-up session. And then the race is Saturday from noon to 3. The race is on Big NBC. I think I am going to pick Pato Award. I think he is going to win back-to-back races. Give me Pato Award to win this weekend in IMS. And then my pick for NASCAR this weekend in the Cup Series Oh man, I don't know. This is tough. No is Omen is Omendinger racing? Probably. I'm going to pick if 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 he's racing, I'm picking AJ Almendinger. Give me AJ Almendinger this week if he is racing in the Cup Series. All right, Matt, there you have it. You got anything else for tonight, man? No, I think we've. Uh, I don't even know how long we've recorded, but uh, there was a lot to talk about this week. So huge pod. Yeah, there was a ton of stuff to podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we I'm, could have done I'm a good. full podcast with all the motorsports individually. Literally. Oh, I never did come back to my uh, Kyle Busch. Um, oh yeah. Deal. No, yeah. we'll save we'll save that for another episode. Oh, nice uh, little tease next week. There may be. Let's just say. All right. There. We'll save that. We'll put that in our pocket. There may be some news on that front sooner than later. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. I love it. I'll leave that there. Awesome. Well, for Matt Ridgway, I am Bryce Farling. We will see y'all next week on TM5's Track Talk. Same time, same place.